greater love has no man than this, than to lay one's life down for his friends. In almost every culture since the beginning of time, sacrificing your own life in order that others may live has been regarded as the ultimate act of courage and selflessness. Understandably, it is an act only few people are ever willing to make. Some have taken the ultimate step to save others that they didn't know. Sometimes it's been for reasons of patriotism or for national pride. Sometimes it's to further a cause greater than themselves. And sometimes it's just been in order to save a single soul. We as believers understand this concept for we believe that Jesus Christ committed the ultimate sacrifice. He came and died in our place to save us from our sin, and y'all, he rose again. We understand that. But when it comes to the sacrifice, particularly in the worship of our God, y'all, it's not about dying. It's really about living. The question becomes, are you willing to live for him? Willing to give him the reins of your life to bless God and to benefit his kingdom? Instead of dying for God, you live to serve God. We discovered that worship is just not singing a song in praise of our God for his grace, his goodness, his greatness and grandeur. That's our lip service. But in actuality, it is a lifestyle of reverence and love and service to God, which is our true worship to him. For y'all, he deserves and he is worth, worthy of all the praises that we have available for him. Uh, it was John Legend who sung a song entitled, All of Me. Take a listen to the song. In an interview about the song, John shared, even when I lose, I'm winning. My head is underwater, but I'm breathing fine. I give you all of me, and you give me all of you. At the same time, as you are giving everything up, you're also gaining everything. He says, if you are in love and you connect, then even when you're giving up things, you're gaining so much more. 
Isn't that the picture of our relationship with God? God gave all of himself to us. Should we not give ourselves to him? When we give up everything at the same time, we gain so much more than we gave up. Worship is being an offering of all I am to all God is. I'm feeling like you don't believe me. So turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and you'll discover this truth. Romans 12, verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the Christian Standard Bible. Hear the words that it says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. I want to borrow from John Legend and talk about, just for a few minutes, all of me. All of me. The book of Romans is designed to inform, illuminate, and inspire believers. Romans can be likened to four buildings according to Women's Guide to the Bible. The first building is the courthouse of law, chapters 1 through 5, God's wrath, that's condemnation and justification. Chapters 6 and 8 represents the power plant of grace, God's way, sanctification and preservation. And then chapter 11, 9 through 11 is the synagogue of Israel, God's wisdom, explanation and vindication. And then in chapter 12 through 16, it represents the temple of God, God's will, transformation, and implementation. As we approach our text in chapter 12, verse 1, we discover that the text is tailored to teach us the motivation for our worship, an invitation to worship, and our presentation of worship. The verse opens up by saying, therefore, brothers and sisters, this represents those who are in the family of God, in the view of the mercies of God. That's point one. Point one is the motivation for worship. Motivation is the reason one has for acting or behaving in a certain way, or willingness to do something. In essence, Paul is saying, based on the mercies of God, we should be acting or behaving in a certain way. Be willing to worship God by his standards. The mercy of God is the motivating factor for us to worship him. Hmm. But what is mercy? Mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you do not deserve. Mercy is undeserved kindness God shows toward us. What undeserved kindness is Paul referring to? What? Romans 12, 1 begins with the words, therefore. Mm -hmm. 
And y'all, whenever you see the word therefore, you need to find out what is it therefore. Uh, this suggests that we go back to chapters 1 through 11 and see uh, what God's action is for humanity. And y'all, we will discover that each chapter represents God's mercy. Can I prove it to you? <laughs> Chapter 1, Paul declares, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, God has the power to save us from our sin. That's mercy. Chapter 2, God shows the wealth of his kindness, tolerance, and patience in withholding his wrath to lead us to repentance. That's mercy. Chapter 3, for all, then I say all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but his mercy, he justified us. That is, he made us right with him by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Y'all, that's mercy. Chapter 4, blessed are those whose lawless acts are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the person the Lord will never charge with sin. That's us. Y'all, that's mercy. Chapter 5, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Chapter 6, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Y'all, the gift signifies his mercy. Chapter 7, Paul says, I'm saved, but I'm still struggling with sin. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? New Living Translation says it this way. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Look at God's mercy. Paul said, I thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter 8, look at his mercy. We were condemned, but the text says that there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. We were his enemies, but now we've been adopted into the family of God. We were helpless, but God has gave us his Holy Spirit to help us in our weakness. We were defeated, ah, but he has given us and made us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Verse 39, and y'all, nothing, did I say nothing? And nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Chapter 9, we were chosen by God. God says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on our human effort, but on God's mercy. You missed your shout cue. Y'all, he decided to have mercy on us. Chapter 10, in this world, we're facing even now discrimination and racism. Ah, but there is no discrimination or racism. The Lord, our God of all, richly blesses all who call on him, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've done, regardless of your skin color, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Y'all, that's mercy and grace. Chapter 11. Yes, God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable. What he has given to us, he does not take back. Although we have once were disobedient, but now we have received his mercy. That's the motivation on, for our worship. In view of his mercy, that's why we worship. But I see something else in this verse. Because of God's kindness toward us, Paul urges us, appeals to us, yes, invites us. Y'all, Paul gives us an invitation to worship God. That's point two. Oh, I hear you talking. Yes, God has shown mercy in the past. But you feeling like Janet Jackson and saying, what has he done for me lately? Lamentation 3.22 says it this way. Through <laughs> the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Y'all, every day we get up. God FedEx us some new mercy, new benefits, and new blessing. For some, he kept COVID-19 from you. For some, you've been furloughed, but you still got food on the table. Uh, for some, you're receiving more money being unemployed than you were working. For some, he has kept you working when others lost their hours or lost their job. For some, you have the support of your parents in difficult days. Uh, for some, you have about you were about to be evicted or car repo, but the re eviction notice was put on hold. For some, he gave you much needed rest and time to spend with your family and the Heavenly Father. Y'all, that's mercy. And if you're standing up, if you're alive right now and you're not under the ground, that's what he's done for you lately. But Paul says it this way. Paul gives an invitation through the word. He says, I urge you. The King James Version says, I beseech you. Now watch this. Uh, the language is the language of grace that lures and incites with divine goodness and compassion shown to us. Listen, it's not a command. It's not an obligation or a mandate. What Paul is inviting us to do should be done without any coercion, pressure, or compulsion. For what God has done for us and continue to do for us, we should accept the invitation to demonstrate his love, to demonstrate our love and our appreciation with gratitude toward him. Whatever Paul asks us to do should be treated as a delight and not a duty, as a joy and not a job. Uh, growing up, I was blessed with two mothers. Doris Jean Dodd brought me into the world uh -huh. and raised me. She did it out of love and obligation. Ava Norris helped raise me, but she did it out of love and by choice. Paul's invitation is to be accepted not out of obligation, but by choice. It is a free will invitation to accept or reject. Interesting enough, 
all that God has done for us, yet he does not force us to choose him. His desire is for us to choose him. And the natural response of a grateful believer is to accept the invitation to worship God. With God, we are blessed with so many things. There is predestination. We were elected and selected by God. Salvation. We were free from the penalty and the power of sin. Justification. We were free from the guilt of sin. Vindication. All charges against us were dropped. We got a new location. Instead of heading to hell, we're now headed to heaven. We got new relation. We have been adopted into the family of God. We got a new an association. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. We have a new identification. We are eternally linked to Christ because now he's our big brother. We even have a new comfort station because he promised to help us in all affliction and situation and there is never any more separation because we cannot be separated from God's love. What are we invited to do? We are invited to worship God by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Mm, Notice that. Music is not mentioned in this verse. Music enhances our worship, but worship is more than music. Worship is just not lip service, our praises, our songs, etc. It is a lifestyle. And it brings me to point three, and that is the presentation of our worship. Uh, Paul said the word present. In the Greek, uh, it is to present, to offer. Better yet, to place or put a person or thing at one's disposal once and for all. Just as the bride and the groom in their wedding service commit themselves to each other, it is a once and for all commitment that determines what they do with their bodies. Paul illustrates the picture of the Old Testament burnt offering being totally surrendered in mind and body. When sacrificing an animal according to God's law, a priest would kill the animal and place it on the altar before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice was important, but even in the Old Testament, God made it clear that obedience from the heart was much more important. Real sacrifice is demonstrated when you have the heart involved. Mm -hmm. The first living sacrifice is found in Genesis chapter 22. It involved both Abraham and Isaac. And it is a parallel to what Paul is inviting us to do. After Isaac was born, Sometime later, God said to Abraham, take your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Marah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will show you. Wait a minute. God has given Abraham the promised son, Isaac, and now he wants Abraham 
to sacrifice what he gave him, to give back to God what God gave him? Well, before you get it twisted, if he obeys God, God will give him more than he gave up. God could have taken him, but he gives Abraham the privilege to give back to God to test him. God does the same thing with us. Will we withhold from God what he has given to us? He gave us life. He's the reason for our existence. Whatever we have, God gave it to us, and he asked for us to give it back to him, what he gave to us. If we obey God, we too will get back more than we gave up. On the real, it's not ours in the first place. Uh -huh. 1 Corinthians 6.20 said, For we were bought with a price. In other words, we are God's property. He is the reason why we exist, yet God gives us the privilege to present to him what is already his. Mm -hmm. Remember, God has a plan and a purpose. Uh, but watch the text. The text says, without hesitation, the next morning, Abraham got up and headed to the place God told him to go. He got two young men with him along with Isaac. Uh, when they came close to the place of offering, Abraham said to the young men, uh, stay right here with the donkeys, and the lad and I will go over there. Mm -hmm. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. The word worship here uh, is the act of bowing down in homage, obeying, and surrendering to the will of a superior person, God Almighty. Now, Scripture does not give us the age of Isaac, but we do know he's not a small child at this point. Uh, he is strong enough to carry a large pile of woods up the mountain. Now, several commentators suggest that he may be a healthy teenager, uh, maybe 18 to 20 years old. Uh, but Isaac's age adds an interesting dimension to the story. If he's strong enough to carry the wood up the mountain, then he's strong enough to resist the sacrifice and stop Abraham if he wanted to. The fact that Isaac allows himself to be bound and placed on the altar shows that Isaac continues to trust his father. On, he places himself at the disposal of Abraham, his father, to do whatever he chooses to do, even at the point of death. Mama. Mm, 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 mm. Isaac willingly put himself on the altar and would have died in obedience to God's will. But the Lord sent the ram to take his place. Mama. Isaac willingly yielded himself to the will of God. Isaac was a living sacrifice. Yeah, Someone has said sometimes it's easier to die for the Lord than it is to live for him. Mm. Oh, In the text, Paul reverses the imagery. He said, bring yourself to the altar, mm -hmm. but do not die for God. Instead, live for him. Yeah. This is to place yourself at the disposal of God. Paul says, present your bodies to God. 
This is your whole self, including your physical body. Present our lives, all that we have and all that we are, as a living sacrifice to God. Holy, that word means, the root word means, is, is to, it is to set apart for God's use, to be set apart for God's use, and pleasing to be extraordinarily pleasing to him. Hmm. Make the irrevocable decision once and for all today to say, Lord, I'm yours. All of me, whatever, whenever, wherever, I am yours. You ought to take the words from Stevie Wonder who said, here I am, baby. I mean, Lord, I'm yours. Signed, sealed, delivered. Have you totally surrendered your body and mind to God? Are you, like in poker, are you all in? Oswell Chambers said it this way, there's only one thing God wants of us. That is our unconditional surrender. Yeah, man. Ah, but I've discovered there's some problems here. Because some of us act like the OJ song toward God. Your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. You're uh, messing me around. Yeah. Uh, it's like being in church. Uh, but your mind is on your child cooking or some circumstances. Uh, you may be watching even now online, but your mind and your heart is somewhere else. Uh, another problem is that some of us are afraid to relinquish the reins of our lives uh, to God because everything may change, and God has a tendency to overdo it. Uh, if we ask God for more patience, he's going to give us more than we bargained for. But if we're honest with ourselves, the real reason our lives is jacked up is because we've been in control. My Truth life. of the matter is, if God looked out for us when we were enemies, uh, how much more would he look out for us when we are in his family? We do worship God when we go to church in your house. We do worship God when we pray, when we raise our voices and our hands in song. But we also worship God every day when we do anything that pleases him. When we place ourselves at his disposal, being set apart for his use, doing whatever he called us to do. What did he call us to do? It's in the rest of the chapter. Whatever gift God has given you, use it for his glory to serve him, to lead others, to encourage others, to teach others, to give to others. That's worship. I know there's a ride going on, but God said, show kindness to others with joy. That's oh, worship. Never pay evil with more evil. Do in such a way, be in such a way that everybody see that you're honorable. That's worship. Love each other with genuine affection. That's worship. Love your enemies. Uh, that's worship. Hate what is wrong. That's worship. Work hard and serve enthusiastically. That's worship. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who curse you. Live in harmony with each other. Y'all, that's worship. Worship is not about getting. It's about giving. Worship is being an offering of all I am yes, sir. to all he is. So worship 
is giving to God, not getting. Jesus Christ used the body to accomplish God's will on earth. So we yield our bodies being in, in God's hands as his instruments. Being in his hands, we accomplish so much more when we are in his hands and we are more valuable. I close with this. Commodities change values depending on whose hand is in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're looking, but you ain't listening. <laughs> A baseball in my hand well, is worth maybe $20. That's too much. But a baseball <laughs> in Justin Verlander's hands is worth $28 million. <laughs> A basketball in my hand, well, well, despite what others feel and think, it's about $12. But a basketball in LeBron James' hand is $37 million a year. A tennis ball in my hand is about $8. But in Serena Williams' hand, it's worth $92 million. A golf ball in my hand, I got to be honest, that's worthless. Because I can't play at all. But... Ah, a ball, guess, guess a golf ball in Tiger Woods' hand yes, is a hundred million dollars. Yeah. It just depends on whose hand it's in. Yes, a football in my hand is about twenty dollars. That's how much I paid for it. Yeah. But a football in Tom Brady's hand is worth two hundred million dollars. Yes, it sir. just depends on whose hand is in. Yes, a life in my hand is worth nothing. Okay. But a life in Christ's hand, in God's hand, yes, is invaluable and priceless. It just depends yes, on whose hand is in. Yes, ah, so true worship is placing all of me at God's disposal, being set apart for his use, Doing what he called us to do. And he will make life worth living. In fact, <laughs> he will. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or yes, think. According to the power that is working in us. Yes. But God has to have not some of me, but yes, all of me. Yes, sir. Let's pray. Gracious God, how we thank you. for who you are. And we give even now all of ourselves to you. If there's someone out there that has not presented their whole self to you, we pray that they would change even right now. That they would understand the motivation of our worship It's because of your mercy. And that mercy is not singular, but it's actually plural. And because of your goodness, because of your greatness, because of you, what you've done for us, we ought to joyfully accept the invitation to worship you. And in our worship, we present ourselves. 
put our lives at your disposal. Set apart for your use to do whatever you called us to do. And you to give us more than we gave them. We worship you in spirit and in truth, and we thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen.